Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Today, I'm here with Zandra, who is a Army spouse. So hi, Zandra. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Gracie. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. So kind of tell me a little bit, just like an overview of your journey as a military spouse and what it's been like for you. All right. So my husband is now retired. So he is a retired Army officer. He completed 20 years in the military. And I was with him pretty much all of that um, time that he completed. We were actually high school sweethearts. Um, We dated in high school and then we broke up for about four years. I went to college. He kind of hung out. And then my first year teaching, I was in Georgia. We're both from Alabama. So I was in Georgia and I woke up thinking about him one day and called his home and he was like, I'm about to join the military. And I was like, wow, (laughs) that's cool. So my first year teaching was his first year um, joining the military. And we just kind of reconnected at that point. Um, And when he initially joined into the military, he only signed up for two years with college funds because he initially went to college when I went to college. He graduated a year before me um, from high school, but he kind of parted his way back home. (laughs) And so he signed up for military two years with college um, funds. So at the time I was teaching in Decatur, Georgia, and I had just gotten a, well, let's fast forward. So we got engaged. And then two years later, it's almost time for him to get out. And I had just recently gotten a student from Germany. Um, and I had heard of Dodia and teaching for the military. And I knew students lived all over the world. But this was my first experience, my third year teaching with a student from Germany, a military connected child. And so I got so excited and I always wanted to like travel the world. So I was like, no, don't get out of the military. Like, I want to travel the world. I want to go to Germany. (laughs) And that's basically what happened. So he re-enlisted to um, go to Germany. And so we moved in October. We got married like June of 2000. October, we were in Germany. And uh, my first part of the, the year there, I couldn't find a job because it was October. School had already started. And I just kind of worked for youth services. So I still um, had an opportunity to work with military connected kids. I'm 25 and, and I'm all the way in Germany and I don't know anyone. Um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about this journey at this point because soldiers kind of know who they're working with. They get a buddy, have a battle buddy, they have meetings, they're going to lunch. And I'm in this country and I know no one. I don't have a job teaching. And I'm kind of like in this space of like, okay, so what what am I going to do? You know? And so I started reaching out. I I I'm in a sorority. So I started like reaching out to like my sorority sisters that were in Germany. I ended up meeting one and was able to volunteer in her classroom. And so I was able to start building my own connections because Moving to a different country at such a young age can be very scary. And this is 2000, right? So we didn't have social media like we 
we have today. I was sending emails and um, trying to figure it out. And along this route, I met many other military spouses that were just like, oh, I hate it here. I'm ready to go home. Um, You know, I don't do anything. I don't leave the house. So everyone, I can say, have a different journey. My journey was more of an exploration. Like I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to work. I wanted to meet new people. So I found that I had to kind of do that on my own because my husband was kind of already connected. He had a sponsor. He had someone to take him around and show him things. And they have classes at ACS for for spouses to join and that kind of thing. But still trying to find someone that you connect with can be very hard. But um, moving forward, I don't want to like stay on this too long. But before <laughs> I ended up getting a job at the school in our um, town, Schweinfurt. We were in Schweinfurt, Germany. It's now closed down. But I got a job there um, through um, connections with my sorority sister. Um, I interviewed, got a job, and then felt my own community of people that I can connect with. They had FRG meetings and that kind of thing, but it was still kind of nice knowing, like I went to school to be an educator. So having friends that were educators and hanging out with educators was really nice for me because I don't know, I didn't know Army. When my husband and I got back together, he was in Texas and I was in Georgia, right? So I wasn't around the Army community. So it was kind of hard. Um, Fast forward five years later, he thought he was going to get out of the military. (laughs) Um, So that was another experience. 9-11 had happened. And He had gone to Iraq and that was crazy within itself, Um, being overseas and being by yourself. And we still didn't have kids at the time and waiting on phone calls. So being a military spouse can be very hard. And on top of that, I was a military connected teacher, I guess. So I taught military students. And so hearing about hardships that other military families were going through or the fact that some kids had lost one of their parents like that was that was hard within itself but he came back and was like I'm getting out of the military I'm not going back to Iraq you know and so I was like okay I can stay with Dodia um which is Department of Defense Schools um and they are pretty much in a lot of locations that military bases are in and I got a transfer to Korea and then he came on orders to be an instructor. So then he was like, well, I'm not getting out of the military. You know, <laughs> and I thought, well, I still want to go to Korea. And so one of the hardships, I think, of being a military spouse and in, in this journey that we take is sometimes we kind of have to give up some of the things that we want to do because the most important job is the job of the service member. Like their job is to protect right. our country. And so as a support for them, we kind of have to take the back seat in some of our dreams and aspirations. Um, But for this particular time, it's now 2005, I decided to keep my contract and go to Korea for a year. It was only a year contract. I was still working with Department of Defense Schools, um, but I only did a year and then I joined him in Fort Benning, Georgia. So we were there for about five years. He then moved to Fort Drum. I had to make another decision because now we had a baby and then I was pregnant. And so we decided that I would stay in Fort Benning and he would go to Fort John. He was only there a year because he dropped his officer packet and ended back up at Fort Benning. So when you're on this roller coaster ride as a military spouse, sometimes you have to make hard decisions. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay together? Are we going to move? Are we going to, you know, what are we going to do to make sure that we stay a strong unit and, you know, we're there to support each other. Yeah. Um, 
So I decided to stay put at Fort Benning. He was only gone for a year and we saw each other in between time. And then he was back at Fort Benning for officer candidate school. After that, we moved to Fort Stewart. We then went to Fort Lee, Virginia. And then he was at the point where he was thinking about retiring. And then at that point, I guess we were maybe 16 years into our marriage at that point. And so I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity for me to go back into Dovia and work, you know, for the Department of Defense Schools again. I had worked with for them in Fort Stewart. And I just felt at home around military connected kids because I had my own kids. They felt a connection uh, with students that were growing up like them. Um, It wasn't awkward to be moving from place to place every couple of years or so. And um, I felt like it was my passion, not only to help kids, but to kind of help military connected kids and, and really be involved in that community. So I completed an application to work for Dovia again. And then I had the opportunity to go to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, where I worked with Navy families. And then we went to Bahrain, where I worked with Navy families more. And now we're in Fort Campbell, Kentucky or Tennessee. And so he's retired now. He's been retired since 2018. And so he followed me for a while. But now we're back at an Army base and and we feel at home. So this military spouse journey has been a big roller coaster with a lot of ups and downs. But through it all, I've met some amazing people and have found that some of my closest friends are military spouses or military connected people. But yeah. that's kind of our journey. Um, and that's we're here today. So we've been married now 22 years. And um, we have two daughters, a 16 year old and a 12 year old who have experienced the military life, the ups and downs of it, the hardships. And now they're trying to get settled into a military town that's really not a military town because (laughs) a lot of the people here, from what I hear from them, is um, a lot of the kids, maybe parents retired out of Fort Campbell. And so then they just stay here and they haven't experienced the moving from place to place. And so they're trying to find their niche. um, Yeah in this place that we're living now. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, an incredible journey. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people experience so many different things and so many different journeys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the military life can take you, you know, all the way around the world, which just sounds like in your case, (laughs) that did happen. And, you know, it's just incredible to to see different journeys that everyone goes on and different experiences, you know, that everyone has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's amazing. It is amazing. It can be hard. Yes. Um, and you kind of have to let go of some of the things that maybe you wanted to do because sometimes you have to remind yourself, like, this is not about me as being a military spouse. Like, this is about the service member and my right. job right now is really to just be a support for the service member. But a lot of times I, I feel that you can lose yourself um, yeah. because you're so supportive and you get so involved into the military lifestyle that you forget like who you were before you were a spouse. Yeah. yeah. And you sacrifice so much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to take anything away from the service members and the amount that they sacrifice and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, transitioning into this role as a military spouse in my position and seeing all these military spouses and having them all on the podcast and talking to them, 
you really see the amount that the spouses sacrifice as well. Mm-hmm. And yes. you know, I knew how much kids sacrificed, and I know how mm-hmm. much kids sacrifice, but you see how much spouses sacrifice and mm-hmm. giving up jobs, you know, moving away from your family. Like mm-hmm. it's it's insane and incredible the strength that you know these spouses carry and mm-hmm. you know how much they pull you know, in the relationship to say, right. you know, this yeah. is worth it. Like, you know, yeah. I look at my fiance and I'm like, this is worth it. Like right. you know, us yeah. being a part the distance, this is worth it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so worth it. It's so true. It is. Yeah. And it gets you used to, so you guys are separated right now. He's in a different yes. location and it gets, it kind of gets you used to the, um, the in and out. Because I feel like when Cedric and I had been married for 20 years, we had been half of our marriage, we had been separated um, due to like a field rotation or training or school or deployment. And so you kind of get used to it and you, you build, you flow, like it, it becomes a flow. When kids come into the picture, it gets a little harder because some things are different when dad is home um, versus when dad is not home. And so they have a lot of readjusting to do. And then spouses with the reintegration process, like when you're so used to doing things a certain way and all on your own. And then when your spouse comes home and then you have to retrain your brain, like, okay, like my husband is home and he can help with this. So it's it's a lot. We do, we carry a lot. Um, I think, but in the end, I think it's worth it. You know, it is, it is. But we do make sacrifices too. Yes. Yeah, definitely not, you know, putting our lives on the line, you know, every Mm -hmm. day, but, you know, in totally different ways, you know, we make Mm -hmm. so many sacrifices as well, even, you know, our fiance status, like, you know, it is a sacrifice still. So, Uh yeah, but you have created a platform for yourself and tell me about that, how it all started, what your idea for that was and how, you know, you're sharing the journeys of other people as well. Okay, great. Thank you for asking me about it. So yes, COVID hit and my family and I are now in Bahrain. So we're in the Middle East. Um, a lot of people are like, where is Bahrain? Well, it's right <laughs> next door to Saudi Arabia. Um, so we're in Bahrain and I'm working as a teacher for military connected kids. And my husband is now working for the Navy at this point. He's retired and my girls are in school. And they shut down, just like they shut down all over the world. But I, I felt right. like it was kind of different in Bahrain because it's it's a kingdom, right? And the king says, like, do not leave your house or you cannot be out without a mask. You can be out without a mask. And so my youngest daughter was very into social media and I wasn't feeling it because I, I feel sometimes like social media is too much for, for young ones. Yes, too much I for totally adults understand. Oh my gosh, but I yes. Thought, <laughs> so at first I thought, I was like, okay, so maybe we can get a, a channel together. We could do TikTok together and we could show what we're doing. We're a military family living overseas. Yeah. And so it kind of started that way. And my girls are Ryan and Riley. So I kind of call them R Square. Yeah. <laughs> so they're R Square. And then I was like, and we can, we can do R Square Life and we can, you know, start doing all these different things. And then one day I was in the shower and I feel like God speaks to me when I'm in the shower. Well, let me back up a bit. So my girls are very different. I felt like my youngest girl always went with the flow. She she was fine wherever we moved. If I said, oh, we're going to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, you know, 
first we were going to retire in Virginia. And then I'm like, no, we're going to get married. You know, <laughs> I felt like my youngest was like, okay, great. And my oldest was like, why do we have to move again? Dad is retiring. Yeah. I just want to be in a location where I can meet friends. I can grow up. I'm not the odd man out. Like she, my oldest have always struggled with PCSing from one location to the next. So now we're in Bahrain and we moved to Bahrain her eighth grade year. And it was hard. It was the last year of her middle school years. And so that was another hard transition. And now we're shut down. So not only did she not want to be there, but now COVID has happened. And I'm going through all of these things with her and trying to figure out how to better help her. And at the same time, I'm meeting families where kids are having a hard time. I was a first grade teacher at the time. And, you know, I met so many different parents along the way. But specifically now, they were nervous about, number one, being at a school in the Middle East, right? Yeah. Number two, um, sometimes their kids were having a hard time adjusting to this new place. And so one night I was in the shower and, and God just kind of poured on me. I have a friend that has written a book before and I used to tell her, oh, you should write a book about this. You should write yeah. a book about that. Like, I'm not a writer. Like, I can come up with You have the ideas. ideas. Yeah, I thought, you know, somebody else needs to execute it. But, you know, you should write a book about that. <laughs> But when I was in the show and God just kind of poured into me and, and kind of gave me this, this book idea. And it was basically like for military connected kids and families to understand PCS season, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it was around December and that's one of our major PCS seasons, which is a time when like a vast majority of military families move like in, in the spring and in the winter time. I don't know if it's because, you know, there are big school breaks, but when a big majority of families move, we tend to call it PCS season. And so I wanted to tell the story of the ups and downs of being a military kid, but I wanted to start from a location of what does it even mean? And so I kind of wrote several ideas down. And when I when I came up with the manuscript and, and started with, with all of that of publishing this first book, I thought, well, I need a company idea name. So our company is Our Square, so Our Square, but Our Square, so the four of us together is Our Square, um, and so my website is OurSquareJourney.com, so www.OurSquareJourney.com, and on my website, I have an opportunity to sell my book. I have a copy right here. It's, that one has a glare, <laughs> but it's, um, yes. it's called It's PCS Season, um, so I sell my book on the website, and I, I also, love that thought about um having people share their journey on the website and so it's called our journey so everything on the website is ours so it's our book our it's our square right so it's our yeah. book our journeys because um Riley my youngest was like my square plus your square equals our square right Aww. and so if other people are sharing their journeys on the website, then it helps and encourages, inspires other people, regardless of what their journey is. Yeah. So it pretty much kind of started in COVID and me just wanting to share what PCS season was all about. And it gave me an opportunity in the first book, um, which is what I have right here. The first book is this PCS season. It's a little girl who's in kindergarten trying to figure out I know winter, spring, summer, and fall, but what's PCS season, <laughs> right? So she's in school and her teacher is like talking to them. And her teacher in the book is actually at another Dodia school. I know you're a military connected child. Did you go attend um, Dodia schools? I think when you were a kid. When I 
I've only been to one base. I lived on one, one, uh, post army okay. post and it was okay. Fort Sam Houston. And we had Fort Sam Houston independent school district as okay. our school system. Okay. So I don't so know if I it's know connected or not. I think that Fort Sam Houston is in Texas, correct? Yes. Is that Texas? Okay. Yes, San Antonio. So I think what happened in Texas is they were Dovia schools maybe at some point, but the state has control over those schools. So yes. it's not a department of defense school. Um, yeah, that sounds but, familiar. But yeah. I but it's like DOD uh, teachers and stuff who work Yeah. There. And it's only military connected kids, correct? Right. Yes. Yeah. So one of the teachers, the teacher in the book is also a military teacher, um, connected kids teacher. And she's yeah. in Germany. Just people that I've met along the way. Another teacher that my daughter had, I tried to include people that we knew. But the first story is all about, well, what does this even mean? And so it gives an example or it goes through like, when do soldiers move and what does that mean for the kid and, and why it can be rewarding. And, and I also talk about it can be sad. And yeah. why it can be sad. And so it's the perfect book to get kids to understand what PCSing is all about. And it doesn't even have to be a military connected kid because sometimes we're in regular public schools where I had my first military connected kid. And so their friends need to understand, like, well, why are they moving? And, you know, a lot of times we grow up and we stay in the same location, but they're in and out. And so it helps um, students understand, like, what is this all about? And it's it's the perfect book to help with transitions. And so that's the first book I wrote. The second book, I don't have a copy of, <laughs> um, but it's in the formatting right now. And hopefully it will be out by September um, because all I have to do at that point after it's approved is like upload it to Amazon KDP. But that story is called It's PCS Season Again. And it comes from a different perspective. This one is more... Um, Lower elementary, the other one is upper elementary, and it talks mainly about the hardships that, that students go through. So it's based more from my oldest perspective, like, why are we moving again? You said we were going to retire, and I don't want, yeah. like, it's, it's that perspective. And then it goes through all of the steps that um, you can do to give you tools to help you with the transition. And so yeah. that kind of all started during covid and I am trying to get it up off the ground and help people along the way. So thank you for asking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's it's so great to get, you know, the word out there about, you know, resources for kids and families that, you know, would not be heard of otherwise or, right. you know, like one share makes a huge mm -hmm. difference and mm -hmm. you never know, you know, who is going to see that? And, you know, it could explode off of, you know, one right. thing. So yeah. I always love to take opportunities to, you know, not only learn about, you know, resources that I can use, you know, myself or, you know, mm -hmm. when I have kids like, you know, down the road and stuff, mm -hmm. but, you know, share other people's resources because you never know when someone else is going to need it too. Right. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. On the, yeah. So on the website, I did try to involve the whole family. And so you get kind of a, a look at all of us and who we are and kind of how we work together. But I'm still building it. It's been a year. Um, yeah. So I'm still trying to get it up and going. So I would love for anyone that's listening or watching to check it out. There's a part on there that says our journey. 
And if you click on it, and if you have a journey that you would like to share that can encourage or inspire someone else to keep going, I would love to hear from you. So if you um, feel inclined to do so, I would love it. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And I'll put a link in like the description and everything so people can find it there too. Um, But one other thing is I always like to ask uh, to end the podcast of what is one piece of advice that you would give to another military spouse? Oh, wow. (laughs) The hardest question of them all. I think the best piece of advice I could give is to always communicate right? And sometimes you need other people to help you with that communication. Like I'm, I'm a school counselor now, so I'm a big advocate for, for therapists. All of us in my family have gone to therapists. I'm now in Clarksville looking for therapists now for my girls because it's always um, needed someone outside of the family dynamics that you can talk to. Um, yes. And sometimes we don't always know how to communicate with each other, especially when it, reintegrations are happening and your spouse has been out of the house for a while, you're talking on the phone or via chat, but it's not the same when they come back into the house. So just always being aware of how each other is feeling and making sure that you communicate with each other. I can say that that is the best advice that I can give. And if you need other people to come in to help you communicate, I would take advantage of that because the military provides so many different resources for you on post with ACS, the military one source, like there's so many free resources for you to use. And I would utilize those as much as possible so that communication can stay open. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, you know, there Mm -hmm. are so many resources, like you said, that, you know, are there to help. So Mm -hmm. why not use them? Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing, you know, your journey and, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing the journeys of others along the way, too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Gracie. I look forward to to talking with you again and following you as you continue (laughs) your journey as a military spouse. Congratulations again on that. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.